The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. Where it is Monday, March 13th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton. We're going to break down this hour into two parts. During the second half, Matthew Smart is going to be here. We're very pleased that he can make the time to join us. Uh, First up, in fact, Chris is going to stay here for the whole hour. Here's Chris Lambert. He needs no introduction. You know his website, yourownbackyardpodcast.com. Anyway, Chris, good to see you. You too. Thanks for coming in. Let's talk about Friday. You were there. What was it like? Um, It was a very long day. It sort of felt like two or three days crammed into one. Uh, we started the morning with uh, defense attorney Robert Sanger and his motion for a retrial, motion for acquittal. He tried it a few different ways. And so not really knowing how the judge was going to rule on those was a little nerve wracking. Just wondering if sentencing was going to happen that day at all. Uh, there was also uh, the atmospheric river moving through Salinas. It was pouring down rain. And so wondering if we were going to lose power. Uh, the first half of the day was very rough. But um, once both of those motions were denied by the judge and she asked us to take a break and come back for sentencing later, uh, the clouds parted, the sun came out, everybody got to breathe a little bit, everybody changed into purple attire and came back to the courtroom and watched the sentencing take place. So um, it just felt like two very different moods back to back. It was a little difficult to process. So you had the... Um the defense attorney make his motions, but then it sounds like the second part was the impact statements. That's correct. The impact statements uh, preceded the sentencing. Um, Seven members of the Smart family and a friend of Kristen's all got up and spoke for as long as they wanted to, Uh, some from 10 to 20 minutes. They got to speak directly to the judge for the first time. Um, Paul Flores faced away from them the entire time. He never turned to look at anybody. They were talking to the back of his neck, essentially, but they got to speak their mind, and it was very, very cathartic. Um, it was very emotional. There was a lot of crying in the courtroom, even from reporters. A lot of Paul's jurors came to sit in attendance, and even some of Ruben's jurors, really, um, which they're, of course, not required to do. They're members of the public now, but they really wanted to see this through, I think, and there, uh, there was hardly a dry eye in the courtroom. They also played like a 12-minute slideshow of Kristen's life. It had home movies from when she was a baby up through when she went missing. Um, It it was devastating. It was very, very... It was the first time that it felt like Kristen's life was actually part of the presentation in the courtroom, and it just completely devastated everyone. I assume that Paul Flores turned away. Yeah, he, he, there was zero reaction in any way whatsoever. Was, and his parents were also front row. It was my uh, next question. Were Reuben and Susan there? They were. Uh, were you or were anybody surprised by the sentence, 25 years to life, maximum? Um, I wasn't surprised because I had been briefed on what the sentencing meant and what the options were. My understanding was that life 
without the possibility of parole was possibly an option. What I've learned since is that there's um, youth offender laws, people who commit crimes when they're still young, that in the state of California, there's leniency for those, that um, they have to be up for parole. There's no option to give them life without parole. And the judge was also very clear in her sentencing that this was the maximum sentence she was able to give out and that she believed that Paul deserved to spend the rest of his days behind bars. And so I think if there had been a more severe sentence available to her, she would have given it to him. Chris Lambert, his website is yourownbackyardpodcast.com. Talk about the judge. What were your impressions of her? I liked the judge from day one. She was very professional, very composed through the entire trial. And I think everybody was a little surprised to see that during sentencing, she... Uh, she got raw and emotional for the first time. She spoke directly to Paul. Um, she started out by telling him that for the past 25 years, he's been able to walk free uh, while the Smart family has been going through tragedy after tragedy, trying to find their daughter. And she said, and Mr. Flores, you've compounded that tragedy by continuing to hide their daughter's body. And I thought, wow, we're going to get some honesty from what the judge has been thinking all along and, and, of course, remained professional. But she told him directly to his face, Mr. Flores, you are a cancer to society. And um, I saw everybody write that quote down in yep. their notebooks. That was the takeaway of this is that the judge did not mince words. She didn't hold back. She was very emotional. And you could see how impacted she was. Um, from all the statements she had read from family members, from community members, she said she felt like she got to know Kristen Smart and she was honored to get to know her and that she thinks that Paul Flores is an absolute menace to society who has taken a lot away from a lot of people as well as other women. It wasn't just Kristen who was victimized. Paul has continued to do this throughout his entire adult life. But. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is a key chapter in the saga of the Smart family, but it's not the circle isn't closed because we still don't know. That's right. We still don't know the current location of Kristen's remains or what happened to them. Um, it, we don't know what happened that night. Paul Flores is the only person who knows how Kristen died, um, the circumstances behind it, how he disposed of her body, and all of that is something that he has held on to for all this time and will probably continue to hold on to until he feels like there's no other options but for him to come clean about what happened. But at this point, I think he's probably holding out for appeal after appeal until he's exhausted those and maybe even waiting through until he's eligible for parole in the next 15 years or so. Uh, neither you nor I are legal experts, Chris, but I think even we can figure out there's no way this guy is ever going to get parole without cooperating with law enforcement. That seems to be correct. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, and, and on top of that, you have DVDs full of sexual assaults, rapes that Paul Flores committed and filmed and saved on his computers. Those will go to future parole boards. They will have to sit through hours of Paul Flores raping unconscious, drugged women and then come to a conclusion. I, I doubt he will ever see the light of day. I don't want to rehash the case, but given what you just said, I had never made the connection before. We've heard the story about what apparently happened that night and that at one point, Kristen was passed out on the lawn. And I, I tell you, Chris, I've been following this case for 27 years, and I just always assumed, oh, 
college student, she had too much to drink. And even Denise would sit in that chair. Yeah, you know, she wasn't perfect. But wait a minute. Paul Flores could have put something in her drink prior to that. that she, it wasn't because she was drinking so much. He put something in her drink. Right. Is that plausible? Very much so. And that was something that I started to theorize along the way as I started to learn more and more about what had happened that night. I never interviewed a person who said, oh, I saw Kristen drinking a lot. Nobody saw Kristen drinking. Um, Nobody smelled alcohol on her breath. And once detectives uncovered all of these additional rapes that Paul documented, they realized that his M.O. was to drug women. There were many women who came forward to say they met Paul Flores at a bar, they didn't know him previously, and the next thing they knew, they were waking up in his bed the next morning. So it seemed to be uh, almost a fetish that he he took part in, going back to even high school, drugging women, raping them while unconscious, and then just dumping them the next morning. Which may explain why he didn't want the body to be found. Correct. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line for Chris Lambert, why is there no pressure on the sister or her ex-husband to reveal where Kristen is buried? Uh, There has been pressure. Um, Detective Clint Cole at one point approached um, both of those people, offered them immunity. I think there was a discussion of immunity for their cooperation, and uh, they've been very resistant to that. It didn't seem like there was even a chance that they would consider something like that. So the Flores family, uh, the the immediate members of the Flores family have all been cooperated. It's been a conspiracy of silence from day one. All right. uh, Chris Lambert is here. We'll come back for a second segment. Matthew Smart is going to join us after news at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Dave Congleton Show. Matthew Smart joins us after news at the bottom of the hour. We're in conversation with Chris Lambert. His podcast is your own backyard podcast.com. I assume there's more of the podcast to come. That's correct. I've been working on an episode since the verdict came out in October. Once sentencing got delayed, it was supposed to happen in the beginning of December. Sanger asked for an extension to file motion for a new trial. Um, so I've been waiting and now that we have the sentence, I'm working on it, but I'm also interviewing a lot more people than I thought I would be able to. And so it's going to take me a while. So I'm just trying to take my time and pace myself and make sure I do one last good documentary episode. Well, you say it lasts, so you're going to move on. You're not staying with it. Well, this closes the the legal chapter, at least. This is the end of the People versus Flores series I've been doing covering the trial. Um, it certainly doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Uh, looking for Kristen. It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop pushing law enforcement to follow up, especially in Los Angeles County. Paul is known to have committed various sexual assaults over the years. There's video evidence of that. There's women who have come forward to tell their stories. There's even DNA that connects him to at least one rape, and they have not been followed up on. Why is the LA County doing the work? It's difficult to say. Um, my understanding is that they don't think that it's a prosecutable enough offense, that that they believe it's too much of a he said, she said situation. And also Los Angeles is just uh, notoriously difficult when it comes to prosecuting sexual assault. On the Stolberg-Tatum text line, what about the sheriff's department from the 1990s and the earring that was found at the Flores house then lost in the department? Yeah, that was a very frustrating piece early on, but it's something that as I've learned more about, um, I I think it was a genuine mistake. I think they really uh, misplaced it, which is um, ridiculous and and 
inexcusable, but I don't think that it was, I think a lot of people assumed it must be part of some conspiracy. They're getting rid of evidence for the Flores family or somebody uh, was working behind the scenes as like a mole or something. I really genuinely think it was just um, an airheaded mistake. I don't think that earring was ever located. Um, and I don't know whether or not it was Kristen. So that's been frustrating. Why haven't they dug up the yard in San Pedro? I I can't answer that question. Um, Paul Flores's yard in San Pedro uh, has been the site of a lot of very unusual construction, sometimes taking place in the middle of the night. There's a lot of odd structures that he's built that don't seem to have a purpose. Um, his neighbor saw him burying something that he claimed was a dog at one point. I certainly think there are things buried on Paul Flores's property. And for San Luis Obispo County to convince Los Angeles County to follow up and dig has been completely futile for some reason. So that's what it takes, Chris, is that... Dan Dow or whoever would have to convince L.A. County to get involved. Yeah, I think it's going to take the cooperation of two jurisdictions, and it has not happened. I don't want to violate anybody's privacy here, but you're very close to the Smart family. I was talking earlier about Denise. How is she doing now that the sentencing is taking place? Yeah, I... um I can't speak for Denise, but from what I've seen, she's as resilient as she's ever been. But there's maybe a sense of relief now. I feel like um, she's been able to breathe correctly for the first time in a long time. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with the Smart family now that the gag order is lifted and we can be friends again. I'm planning to go up to Stockton very soon to visit with them and reconnect on that level. And so I feel like, especially through the victim impact statements, that the whole Smart family did a lot of healing on Friday. Remind us how long you've worked on the podcast, Chris. I've been working on it since May of 2018, so five years. Talk a little bit about how this has impacted you. Just, I mean, I, I, I don't know you that well. But I can't believe that back in 2018, you knew you'd have the impact that you did. No, certainly not. Um, so what's, what's the last five years been like for you? It's hard to put into words. I, you know, I'm a very shy, quiet person by nature, and I had to learn to become more assertive. I had to learn how to call people out of the blue and ask them very uncomfortable questions about a chapter of their life that they thought was long gone. A lot of people that I called said, why are you calling me now? Just what, what changed? And the answer was nothing had changed. It was just that I finally got interested and wanted to document this story. So it's really hard to put into words how much of an impact that this has had on my life. I think I was 30 when I first started working on it. I'm going to be 35 at the end of this month. So this has been half of my 30s have been dedicated to Kristen's story. And it's it's ingrained into the fabric of who I am today. It's in every aspect of my life. And I know you don't like attention, but I hope that you have some understanding of the difference that podcast has made in this case. I do, yeah. Um, I had a hard time accepting that early on, but I think it's undeniable uh, at this point that the podcast played a pretty integral role of getting the ball rolling again. But it must have been at some stage where you wondered whether or not any of this would actually happen. Absolutely. Um, all, all along the way, producing the first several episodes, I was starting to get the impression from the community that every time they 
turned a tip over to the sheriff's department. They just never heard back from them. So I thought, is this just a big black hole that's going to swallow up any potential tip that I share? I was very relieved to find out that there are some incredible detectives at the sheriff's department who really cared about this case and really were interested in following up on anything I shared with them. Talk about Clint Cole, who I understand they celebrated his retirement on Friday. That's correct. What Um, happened? He retired. uh, He put in his retirement, and his last day happened to be the same day as Paul Flores' sentencing. Um, Detective Cole was assigned to this case, I believe, towards the end of 2017. He was going back through it from, from page one, which... You know, they've got boxes and boxes in storage sheds, uh, and he was putting the pieces together, developing his own theories, and it just happened to coincide really perfectly with when the podcast came out. It drew a lot of attention to the case again, but it also brought people out of the woodworks who had information that the sheriff's department had never heard before, and the way that those two things dovetailed is probably the main reason why Paul Flores was arrested. You're a podcaster, but you're also a member of the media. What about the media coverage of Salinas. Um, yeah, unofficially, I'm a member of the media. I got to wear a badge and sit in with them. I got to know people from national outlets like NBC and CBS and people who were coming there to cover the trial. Um, San Luis Obispo Tribune sent a reporter up almost every day of the trial, as well as Cal Poly Mustang News, which kind of surprised me that they wanted to follow every step of this. I was a little surprised at the time that I lived in Salinas for those few months how little local coverage it got. Um, A lot of people in Salinas didn't even know that this was taking place in their town, and a big part of that is because the judge did not allow cameras in the courtroom, and so reporters who did attend had to take handwritten notes and report um, their own recollections of what they had seen. And so I think that limited the amount of exposure it got. Which may be one of the reasons why they wanted to move the trial to Salinas. Yes, I think that uh, the amount of media coverage that it had gotten down here over the years gave them a really good um, reason to apply for a new venue. What's next for Chris Lambert once you wrap up your next segment on the Kristen Smart case? Um, In my personal life, I'm going to get back to working on the music that I've been working on all along. I've had an album that I've been working on throughout the trial, throughout the preliminary hearing. When I was at my most stressed, I would go home over the weekend and record. And so I've been putting the album together. I'm really looking forward to finishing it up and moving on to the next project. And uh, as I said, I'm not going to stop following this case no matter what happens with it. But I don't necessarily think that that has to be a podcast it might just be something i do speaking of music i don't know why i hadn't seen this before but on your own backyard com, you have the mixtape that yes. Kristen recorded was it the day before she died two days before she it died was the day yeah the day that she went to the party it was a cassette tape yes and a she, friend gave it to you yeah she spent that evening in her friend margarita's dorm room um this is back in the day when you put a cassette tape in you record what's playing on the radio you press stop when the song ends and you wait for the next song you want to record and she put together a whole mixtape that evening and left it in margarita's room so when she told me that i begged her please find that tape for me i would love to know what Kristen spent her last day listening to and she was able to find it what does that tell you about her It gave me a lot of insight into uh, the type of person Kristen was. I connect to people through music. That's my main form. And um, a lot of Cyndi Lauper, a lot of Madonna, um, some great 90s songs. And it really sets the scene for the era, too. It reminds me how long ago this took place. Yeah. All right. Chris Lambert is here. We're going to take a break and get news and traffic and weather. 
Uh, Chris is going to stick around. Matthew Smart is going to join us next. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. All right, Craig, thank you. Uh, Chris Lambert from your own backyardpodcast.com remains with us. We're very pleased to bring Matthew Smart into the conversation. Matt, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for coming in. The basic question to start with, how are you feeling? Dave, it's a mixed bag of emotions, as one might imagine. Yeah. After, uh, you know, quarter century plus, we're, we're definitely full of gratitude and uh Man, so many, uh, as, as parents would tell their kids, big emotions. What was it like on Friday? You made a statement. Yeah, the family set up a uh, opportune press conference post. You know, the, the, the ruling that we thought we would never get, the, uh, the words we thought would never be mentioned, and the justice, um, in, in unthinkable ways. So we still don't have Kristen back, but we at least have affirmed what we've always thought, which is a uh, not only no one suspect at this point, but convicted. Um, you know, to, to get that conviction is 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 just gold. And what about the sentence? What was your reaction there? Yeah. So as Chris highlighted earlier, there's you know a lot of uh, at the end of the day. California is a very unique state where where there's a lot of uh, privileges and rights afforded to a variety of individuals. And seeing seeing a judge um, like Jennifer O'Keefe was so fair and, and just center line in all of her rulings over the many weeks, the many months that we sat there to, to make that sort of decision and hand down, um, you know, much as an echo chamber, the words of the family, 25 years to life without parole, maximum sentence. Is uh, I, I wouldn't say vindication because that doesn't bring Kristen back, but at the end of the day, it's it's definitely a good feeling and starts to uh, you know bring some of that peace and closure that the Smart family uh, has never had an opportunity to know. To know. So as you mentioned, it's only partial closure, but is it enough to help you try to move forward? I mean, you you live in San Diego, you work in San Diego. I do. I I reside down in Southern California, and this story you know, on the Central Coast has really become a story and known coast to coast, thanks in part to largely the grassroots efforts of those in San Luis Obispo, those up and down the Central Coast who have really given a voice to not only Kristen, but made it a safe enough space for the Jane Doe's that came forward to be able to really support the story we've been telling all along, that Paul Flores, you know, is a cancer to society and is an individual that would continue to hurt individuals if left out on their own, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really one of those things to back up and think after being given a hall pass nearly 26 years ago to waste the next 25 plus years pursuing other women, it's, it's just humbling to take someone like that off the streets. Well, Chris, Chris and I were talking about this before you joined us, the frustration with L.A. County not willing to do anything, not willing to go down to San Pedro and dig up the backyard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, as Dan and Chris spoke to, the does that came forward were really pivotal to the case. 
we're thrilled we could give them a platform, but how awesome would it be if those does were given a platform for their own justice, to have their own voice heard? And at the end of the day, it's really unfortunate we haven't been able to pursue in Los Angeles, as was pursued here under Dan Dow, with the help of folks like Chris Lambert, Chris Prevell, um, JT Camp, um, Clint Cole, and all these individuals that came together. What a great opportunity for L.A. to be able to, to stand up, especially for all of the does that are voiceless and give them a voice. I know Chris doesn't like the attention, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, Matt, to talk about the impact that the man to your left had. I, I smile thinking about it. It's, it's really a, a sense of humility, honor, and at the end of the day, giving a voice to the voiceless. Kristen always had a voice, but it was finding a way to magnify that to a much greater audience. And Chris so tactfully did that in a manner that millions were able to get on board and really create a groundswell of energy that was required to be able to get the conviction, get the bad guy off the street, as my kids would say. And at the end of the day, man, Chris, Chris delivered in a huge, huge way. Chris Lambert, Matthew Smart on this broadcast on the Stolberg Tatum text line. Uh, you can both comment on this. Uh, I'll rephrase this. What happened to the civil suit from the Smarts against the Flores family? Can that be reinstated? Great question. I'm uh, not prepared to speak to that question. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure that you know there'll be some additional days in court. And the Smart family still does not have their daughter. Chris, any thoughts on that? You know, that's something I, I'm not really involved in, and I don't feel I'm qualified to comment on, but um, it's certainly it's certainly something that I would support. What I'm hearing from both of you is that this story is not over. Correct. Yeah, the story is definitely not over. This is, uh, you know, validation of, of what we've always thought, validation of the efforts of so many, and, and validation of 25-plus years of of loss where we finally have some momentum and that momentum we love love because now there's possibility but yet Matt it has taken 27 years and I can't imagine the frustration and despair your family has gone through this trial should have taken place in 1998 not 2023 I think no truer words have been spoken. So many missed opportunities. So many individuals have had their hand on this and passed the ball. And again, that's why we have such gratitude for those that have been able to pull this together. And I have such gratitude for those individuals pulling it together in a time frame. My parents have been able to experience. But how did you get to the point of gratitude through the despair and frustration? What kept you going? What keeps an English bulldog going? It's to lock on. And when it's family, it's personal, Dave. I promised you a chance to talk about the Kristen Smart Scholarship. Yeah, the Kristen Smart Scholarship, we started a number of years ago. It's been one of those things that has given a positive light to an otherwise very dark experience. We've given uh, you know three out of four women uh, the first opportunity in their families to go to college. And it's one of those things where it's pretty remarkable the individuals that have come forward. The women as of late have gone off to Harvard, to Yale, 
and they've been able to live out some of the same dreams that Kristen had following degrees in architecture. We also added on law enforcement. Um, but man, what a group of individuals have come forward, and we've given them that opportunity to pursue college for the first time in their family. So what about this year, Matt? Deadline coming up? Yeah, we've got a March 18th deadline to apply. If you know any young ladies out there that are in high school in the San Luis Obispo area or San Joaquin counties, if they're listening, it's a great opportunity to be able to get a few thousand dollars to help out towards college costs. What's the website? KristenSmart.org, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-M-A-R-T dot O-R-G. We'll take a call. We've got Dane on KVEC. Hey, Dane. Hey, Dave. Hi, Dane. Hi. Uh, I first want to say to the family, I'm glad there's justice. Uh, finally met after all these years. Uh, Dave knows me. I've had a case that's similar with my brother. He was murdered uh, 28 years ago. They caught the first guy. Newsom tried to let him out of jail, even though he had life without parole. He wanted to let him out. The family refused, and it was stopped, thank God. But the second guy they caught last year. As we speak, he's being tried in San Diego uh, for the uh, uh, second person who murdered my brother. And uh, But uh, it's a long time waiting, just like yours. And my thoughts is that... You've got a lot of attention, which is good, but sometimes people like myself don't get the attention. We go, the family goes through the same kind of thing. But uh, at the same point, I'm very, very glad that uh, justice was met there. I felt that this guy that did this to your daughter was guilty all the time. You know, you have an instinct, and uh, I'm just glad for that. But uh, I'm going through the same thing now, but we had to do it. 28 years later, the same trial, a different trial, but a different guy, but the same trials. So it's like uh, opening an old wound, and it's not fun. I'm sorry that it's opening that old wound for you, Dane, but I appreciate the call. Anything you'd say to Dane, Matt? Yeah, I think as we said, you know, after, after, <laughs> after so many things that, you know, delayed justice is just that, it's delayed, but it's not forgotten. My heart really goes out to you because justice sometimes takes a very, very long time. Dana, thank you very much for calling in. So given that, Matt, what do you think of our justice system? How has your opinion about the justice system changed over the last 27 years? It's a great question, Dave. As it relates to the justice system in California, the leniency that we've taken at times is uh, painful to at times absorb and uh, appreciate as a uh, taxpayer in California. But I know equally that, you know, justice is something that's evolving, and justice comes in a matter of forms to a variety of individuals. But as, as we look at it, in, in, our, in our scope of our case, the fact that we've been able to have the validation as to what went on and that the primary suspect was always the suspect, Paul Flores, really means so much. And now we can focus and double down those efforts on finding Kristen and bringing her home to lay her to rest. All right, uh, we've got Matthew Smart here. We've got Chris Lambert. I'm Dave Congleton. We'll come back for a final segment right here on Hometown Radio.
Top of the Earth, ABC Radio News. Then Bob Kim joins us to talk about how we're raising our boys these days. We're in our final segment with podcaster Chris Lambert. The podcast is your own backyard podcast.com your own backyard podcast.com matthew smart is also here talking about Kristen smart if you want in on this conversation we would need to hear from you now please 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832 matt back to you you reached out to me you wanted to be here today in part you wanted to talk about gratitude and what's your message to people yeah so the message is the fight for the voices of the rights of other victims like Kristen, who have been unfairly silenced. You gave us a voice. You gave us an opportunity. And the Smart family really, in unrelenting ways, has put up with, you know, a decades-long heartbreak. And that heartbreak was, was made tolerable due in part to the financial support of your listeners, Dave. It takes a huge amount of money, it takes a huge amount of effort, a huge amount of resources to achieve what we did. And we can only say thank you. I want to bring smart family friend Carla Hoffman into the conversation. Carla, good afternoon. Hi. Hi. Uh, one, two things. One, I thought that your cousin Eric, Matt, on Friday said it very well when he spoke to the strong and significant family unit that has survived such trauma. That also doesn't happen all the time. So I pay kudos to you and Lindsay and to your parents. And also I want to just, I want to speak to the man who was not at the press conference on Friday because he had to get back to his own county and that's Sheriff Parkinson. Here's a man of great humility and had his head in the game before he was even elected sheriff. I know there are a lot of opinions about law enforcement. I agree with Matt and with Chris. The very best people in the game were working Kristen's case, and not everybody gets that either. I look forward to seeing, Matt, where you and your family go from here in terms of supporting potentially other young women like your sister and in working with potentially law enforcement in the legal system, someone like Dan Dow's office where there's an opportunity to look at how we sentence these perpetrators. Carla, stay with us, please. Chris, talk about Sheriff Parkinson. Sheriff Parkinson, I feel like, is the first sheriff that came along in San Luis Obispo who sat down and really committed himself to resolving this case. It felt like he was the first person that made it, made it a priority, but he was also at the mercy of a lot of sloppy work that had been done by prior administrations. He had a lot of catching up to do. Um, I've appreciated that since day one, my first communications with him, he's been very open. He's been very helpful. He always listens. He always follows up. And uh, he's also been a strong support system for Denise Smart. I feel like Denise has really depended on Sheriff Ian Parkinson since this has gone to trial to be somebody that she can speak to and somebody who can walk her through and explain things to her in a way that the prosecution team was not able to do. Matt? It, it, it would, we would be remiss not to mention Sheriff Ian Parkinson. He, he kept his word, his bond. And with the support of Dan Dow and company, they were able to pull together something miraculous. 
And as we've known from day one, you know, same suspect, but it took resources. It took a groundswell effort. So to, to Ian really and the team, man. That's important. Elaborate, Carla. I like his word, groundswell. That's the second time you've used that, Matt. And that means more than just saying a grassroots effort. It means that you're coming underneath something and really needing to push out and across as far and deep and wide as you can. That community, I, I want to know, Matt, how you feel about the San Luis Obispo community in general, not just law enforcement, but in general, especially the last few years. And I piggyback on that because I understand that you didn't come to San Luis Obispo a lot in the beginning. I, uh, as, as, as other family members, it, it took a while to come to peace with, with this place. Yep. The, you know, the, there, there were individuals, but there wasn't the, uh, the grass. What, what, put it this way, what was once a very, very difficult place has really become a place of healing. Yep. Because of the efforts of, of what was once few and now so many. Well said. Carla, anything oh. else you want to say? Good job, everybody. What? Dave, thank you. Thank you, Dave, for, yeah. you for continually doing. Most people don't know what you do behind the scenes, and you are greatly appreciated as well. That's thank very you, kind Chris. of you. Thank you, Carla. Thanks, Matt. Okay, bye. 805-543-8830-800-549-5832. Sean's in San Luis. Hey, Sean. Hi, Dave. Hi, Thank you for unlimited to the smart family and everyone who supported in this. Um, I am indirectly impacted. I graduated from Cabrillo High School in 1996 and worked at Luther Square and worked with, with a waitress who was friends with Kristen Smart when she went missing. And it's always been like about six degrees of separation. I didn't know her directly, but just I knew people that did know her. And I just, God bless your family. I mean, my heart's been with you through thick and thin all these years. Up, up, Sean. We lost you, but we got a sense of his comments. I appreciate that, Sean. It's you know, it's those little stories that mean so much, and I really appreciate you calling in to share that because people did know Kristen. She was a real person. She had a real story, and unfortunately, it was a life uh, you know snuffed out all too early during the process, as as we do, of of creating that legacy. Uh, Matt, remind folks, please, about the Kristen Smart Scholarship and the deadline that's approaching. We've got a March 18th deadline for the Kristen Smart Scholarship. If you visit kristensmart.org, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-M-A-R-T.org, you can learn more for the young ladies that are seniors in high school. Uh, please feel free, feel free to apply. Um, on the Stolberg Tatum text line, uh, Matt, your family is very big here in San Luis Obispo. You have many brothers and sisters. And Chris, thank you for fighting the, well, lighting the fire. Yeah, I'm I'm honored to be any any part of it. I I spent so much time looking into this story and and interviewing people about the Smart Family before I ever made contact with them. So in some ways, it felt like meeting characters out of a book. In, in a way, and then finding out that they're real human beings with real lives just every step of the way has been a complete honor for me. You, you told me on your last visit, Chris, that you were largely influenced by the billboard that James Murphy 
had outside. You used to walk by that every day as a student. Um, I wasn't a student in Arroyo Grande, but I drove by it when I would come up to visit. And it was something that always stuck with me. Every time I saw it, it reminded me, I need to go home and Google that again because I can't remember if they ever resolved that. Why is this sign still up? So it was certainly the catalyst for looking into it. And Matt, going back to what Carla was suggesting, you see yourself and family members still being involved in, I don't know what we call it, uh, protecting young women. Young women at risk, you see this as something you're going to keep working on? We, we do. We see a couple different projects, but really giving a voice to the voiceless, to the other Jane Does that are out there, finding a way for them to get their own justice, and at the same time, finding a way to change the laws, to not reward criminals for, you know, holding on to bodies. I assume you weren't surprised when you heard all these other allegations against Paul Flores in L.A.? Not the least, it, it, it's, a, it's a continued tale, unfortunately, of taking such an opportunity, a young life, and, and really making a waste of it. Chris, on the uh, Stolberg Tatum text line, listener wants to know if you're still raising funds for your podcast. Do you still need support for the last segment? I don't specifically. I always have a donation tab on my website, completely voluntary. I've got everything I need. Right. Uh, when, when's the uh, timeline for the release of that last podcast? That I don't know. I want to take my time and make sure I get to interview everybody who should have a voice in this final chapter. Who might that include? Um, hopefully the prosecution team, Chris Pavrell, JT Camp, Detective Clint Cole, jurors, um, as many people as possible. Has it been? Have you been able to talk to the jurors at all? Yes. Yeah, I'm holding on to that. Um, I'm certainly planning to put out an episode where we get to hear uh, the jurors' thought process, that what went into deliberations and how they felt about the trial. You said when you got here that there were several jurors in the audience for the sentencing. That surprised me. I didn't stop to think about that. Yeah, it was not something they were, they were required to do. Their role was certainly over, and I think it shows their commitment to seeing this case through. They were emotionally moved, and they felt like they were now a part of this story. As my guests think of a final thought, I'm going to remind you that after news and traffic and whether Bob Cam is going to join us to talk about how we raise boys into men. Our thanks to Matthew Smart and to Chris Lambert. Chris's website is yourownbackyardpodcast.com. Matthew, the website for the scholarship is? KristenSmart.org. Matt, I'll give you a final thought. Again, such gratitude towards your listeners supporting us on this long journey. I mean, 25-plus years is a long time. If you're in a similar position, never lose hope. Keep the faith. And know that if your your cause is uh, worthy to you, it's worthy to others. And at the end of the day, uh, we can only say thank you, and uh, we're going to continue to fight to give a voice to the voiceless. Chris? Um, Yeah, I'm far from finished telling the story, I think. Um, Closing out the legal chapter is going to take a little while. Um, Have some patience with me. I'm working every day on this, and uh, once I do... Um, still more to come. Check out the podcast, your own pod, uh, backyard podcast.com. Gentlemen, thank you for the conversation. Thank you, Dave. Off you go. News, traffic, weather, Bob Camp up next. You're listening to the Dave Congleton Show. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.